This week, Apple's getting a little nervous, gamers are losing some games, Bing wants to chat, and Paramount Plus is getting a new name. Again. It's Sunday, February 5th, 2023, and this is episode 641 of F5 Live, refreshing technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms like Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can join the community, get ad-free versions of F5 Live and PilchPoint, and all of our special events coverage before it goes live, or, of course, on our website, PluckHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to F5Live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, if you can't join us live, that's okay. PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you'll be able to see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, uh, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. And of course, that's all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along today, because that list is going to go up sometime in March. So, just as a warning, more ways to to engage with us. Anyway, hello, Avram. Hey. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Two in a row. Two in a row, yeah. <laughs> How are things? Yeah. Oh, it's been a frustrating week for a lot of reasons, which are tech-related. Yeah, uh, one is I uh, pulled I pulled out this lovely Pi Gamer set that Isaac that I had gotten for Isaac, and the screen doesn't light up. But we've had it in like the basement for a year, so not sure if I can get a replacement one. That kind of sucks. Boom. Um, boo. Um, then uh, <laughs> more importantly, and we can talk about this more in our segment on Google Play and Apple Apps, I found out that uh, someone in my family had not uh, restricted their phone and had given the phone to our three-year-old and had not checked what was going on. And we are not sure whether it was the three-year-old or a hack, uh, but we have been charged for hundreds of uh, in-game purchases totaling thousands of dollars. And we are trying to get it reversed, but I'm really freaking out. Uh, So uh understandably this take this lesson uh from me first of all when i say someone let a three-year-old play with unlock with it wasn't me don't let um don't let a child play with games that have in-app purchases don't if you do uh, uh if you do then um Put on some type of uh, strong password, some type of password, 
I mean, or, my daughter, she probably doesn't even know what a purchase is. She probably just tapped whatever popped up. Yeah. She doesn't even have any. But it's not even clear whether it was that because, like, I don't know if she played with it enough to have purchased to me have made hundreds, hundreds of these, and all these in-app purchases are forty and a hundred dollars, which is a weird amount. Like in-app purchases are normally like five dollars or something right. on, a, on a mobile game, so I don't know what's going on, but uh, it makes me think a lot less of Google Play for allowing this kind of crap to happen. Yeah, um, and uh, we can get to that in the Google Play segment. But uh, meanwhile, learn if anyone is out there, learn from my mistake. I had heard this so many times. Uh, so many times from other people, yeah. and we've all locked down. We've all encountered. We've all encountered stories like this, right? Yes. When, yes. When researching yes. for our own publications, we we constantly yes. come across these stories, and we're like, "What?" Yes. And yet here yes. we are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is, you know, make sure that uh, everyone in the family is double checking your uh, credit card statements frequently and not just mm -hmm. at bill time uh because you know these things could pile be piling up and if you caught it earlier you could stop it earlier sure. um so so um yeah so anyway I'll, uh, I'll give a i'll give a recommendation from somebody who has an xbox account that is publicly accessible to people when they come into the gaming center Yes. What we did was we attached a privacy card. That's what's attached, and we keep it paused, um, except for when Microsoft is about to bill for uh, Game Pass. So even yeah, if somebody that would be, if somebody were to go in and try, the purchase is going to be rejected. That would be great. Uh, that would be great. I didn't even know that my credit card had been attached to this account. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, uh, but, but yeah, it, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's good. I mean, but I think that's a good, a good uh, thing to do in general with, uh, because I think there's a lot of deception going on with the in-app purchases and things mm -hmm. like that, trying to fool you into clicking on something or doing something that you don't want to do. I so don't see that more and more. Like I, I, it's not at all clear to me that like that somehow she didn't hit something that caused it to like subscribe to be paying forty and hundreds of dollars a day because mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to imagine somebody actually like I don't think she played with it as many times as we have the transactions on there so right um, so it's like every single day for for weeks so anyway the um, so. Uh, and Google Play is not uh, does say that you can get refunds for things, but it doesn't make it easy uh, for you. Well, it doesn't make you can try online, but you for every single transaction you have to put in a request, and then they don't let you put in more than a certain number of requests at a time. Mm -hmm. So you have to like go a little bit at a time uh, and hope that they will all be accepted because uh, they go through some review process or something. So we're hoping that they all go through. Otherwise, I got to 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 fight them with a the credit card or, or something. So uh, good, good, good times. 
because uh, if uh, no I sarcasm lose, at all. I'm in, if I lose, then there's no like uh, you know birthday for my kids or whatever. So great. Anyway, so uh, so that's that's a cautionary tale for the rest of you. Um, and uh, I will show you how you can stick it to your boss in the math <laughs> later. Oh, uh, well, uh, on I'm that, just, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just kidding about that. Google, yes. if you happen to be listening, feel yeah. free to reach out. Anyway, yes. Um, so a bit of housekeeping before we get started. Um, our other company is going to be at the Florida State Fair um, exhibiting as part of the uh, STEM Pavilion or STEM Steam Fest, I think they're calling it. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to have a, a gaming our gaming center set up over there. If you happen to be uh, coming to the Florida State Fair, come to the, I think it's the Creative Learning Center is the name of the building. Find the big red room with the horrible red carpet in the back. <laughs> And uh, and come hang out with us. But, of course, that does mean that for the next two weekends, well, for about 12 days, there will be no sleeping. There will be no anything that's not Florida State Fair. So, the next two Sundays, we will be off. And then after that, we will come back full steam ahead. Just so everybody's aware of what's coming up. Um, but... For right now, if you happen to be on Facebook or Twitter, you might want to join us over on uh, on Twitch or YouTube. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us because we're going exclusive over there. We'll see you there. Uh, and for everybody else, it's uh, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So in the intro, we were discussing uh, some issues with the with Google Play Store, um, and it is one of several issues that has um, become a hot button topic among uh, tech enthusiasts with the app stores, both uh, Apple and Google. Less so with Microsoft because they have mostly addressed the concerns uh, publicly, but uh, Apple and Google have some rules about what can and cannot be in the store. In particular, a lot of the concern comes around um, billing policy. If you want to sell in-app purchases, um, you must use their uh, payment system, and both companies take a 30% cut, unless you happen to be one of the media companies who has negotiated a special deal with Apple uh, for 15%. Avram has his hand raised. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I'll let, I'll let you finish. But actually, based on my experience, it sounds like it's good that they, it sounds like it's actually a good thing that they're handling the payments because then you can at least have a superior authority, to, a trustworthy authority to appeal to when there are payment uh, and false charging issues rather than having 
thousands of different, uh, you know, thousands of different vendors who may or may not be reputable in, in their payment and return and whatever strategy uh, policies. True enough. Um, in fairness, uh, most of the companies who don't want to be using, in particular, Apple's uh, payment method, uh, want to be using Square instead. Um, and so you'd be dealing with Square. You could go right to your your card company. But from a publisher standpoint, it's a thirty percent cut that's being taken for this, um, as opposed to if they were to go with with Square, which is where most most people want to be, um, it would be more around like a three and a half to four percent cut, which is a very different uh, amount of money to give up, which means that theoretically purchases could be lower or you could get more for the money, things like that. Um, so the developers and the customers have been demanding, well, a couple of things, but kind of an either or, either... We'd like to be able to use third-party uh, payment systems, or we'd like, particularly with Apple, we'd like to be able to install apps from the outside. Um, Apple has full-on said no thank you to both of those things, mostly because the place where they make their money is on the App Store. It's it's not on the phones. Um, yes, they make some money there, but where they actually make their money is uh, in-app purchases and recurring uh, subscriptions from the App Store. So Apple is full on said no. Now you may have remember you may remember that uh, when uh, Joe Biden took office in 2021, um, a couple of months into his his presidency, he signed an executive order uh, about competition, um, not about tech competition, but about competition in general uh, in business and. It instructed a number of organizations and um, agencies within the government to go do things. One of those um, is the Department of Commerce's National Telecommunications and Information Administration, which you may or may not have known existed. I did not. Um, this organization was instructed to put together information about, specifically, about uh, competition in telecommunications and one of the called out things was whether or not the uh, app stores abuse their position. A report came out from uh, this investigation this week that basically said, yeah, they sure do. Uh, and instructed or recommended because the executive can't instruct uh, the legislative, but recommended that the legislative branch uh, investigate possibly uh, creating regulations and or passing actual laws around uh, mm -hmm. what what Apple and Google can and cannot do uh, to lock down their their platforms. And in particular, they have said that essentially that Apple needs to allow side loading. Now it doesn't have to be an easy process. It can be. You know, it can be all kinds of complicated steps to turn the feature on. Because, um, like, with, with Google, it's not particularly easy to, to turn on. And with subsequent uh, Android uh, versions, it has gotten a little more challenging. But that's okay. It's okay to make it challenging to turn on because that protects people like my mother, right? Who might accidentally turn it on and get something unsafe on her device. But for those 
people who do want to sideload, um, the recommendation is that Apple should be forced to allow it, which obviously we know Tim Cook's not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, he has of said course. so many times. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, they obviously, I mean, did they, why did they need to investigate this for a year and a half? Anyone could have seen this within like 20 minutes. In fairness, that might be the case. Like the the report is on a lot more than just this. Um, it oh. it's kind of across uh, telecommunications and and recommendations based on a number of of uh, investigations. This was just one of them. Yeah. So. And then it's got to go through all the legal channels, and lawyers have to look at it to make sure they haven't said anything illegal. You know, they may have been done with this a year ago, for all we know. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, it um uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously this is, you know, I wonder how this kind of ties into the right to repair because mm -hmm. we've had some right to repair legislation passed, although primarily on the state level. Uh yeah. I don't think there um I think here in New York state we now have some kind of right of right to repair. Um and if you can't install software, isn't that sort of like not having the access to your device for the right to repair? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not exactly the same thing. You're not repairing it, but... Uh, maybe, because uh, take a look at what Apple has done with its M1 and M2 chips, the T3 security chip, I think it's called, that's in it. Um, what, what? And I think some of the Intel versions before had this too. Um, but, uh, what, what, um, resellers are finding is that they can't, that they can't touch them. They can't undo them, uh, because they can't install software if the computers have been touched, uh, regardless of right to repair laws. Um, they can't install software because the computers lock uh, and they prevent you from installing any new software on it. Yeah. Including see, that seems system. like it would. Yeah, it seems like that would violate quite a bit. Um, yeah. So it's the exact opposite of open source. So indeed, it is. So yeah, I I think uh, obviously I don't think it's going to happen in Congress. I think the current makeup of Congress is too polarized. Even though I'm not sure anybody there's anybody there are too many people in there who have great love for Apple or anything. But right, nevertheless. I think it's too polarized to pass a legislation about that. They might, they might or might not have great love for Apple, but it does appear that they're unified against Google. Right. So, um, but Google, like you know, they had they had at least they have the side loading. Although I think it needs to be a little bit easier. I mean, last I checked, you have to tap, you have to like tap something secret five times to make the developer channel appear. I think I think that I think the developer uh, tool thing has changed. I don't think it's uh, that anymore. I think there's a under about and then software. I think there's a developer menu now. I might be wrong, but I think so. But but like why that shouldn't be in the per se in the developer menu if it's something like someone wants to install a third party store, like that's not a developer thing to do. That's a, you know so it, they should just have it somewhere like, do you want to allow 
third party stuff, yes or no. And, if, and when you if you say yes, then maybe it pops up a little warning like, "Are you really sure?" And then you can say yes, and that's it. I mean, like that that's that's what it that's what it should be because the more you bury it, it's anti-competitive behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like no one's going to get it's nice that you can sideload like oh if i want to just come up with an app and give it to my friends i don't have to get into the play store which is a hassle they can just which, i could just sideload it which we literally do with one of your sister companies yeah exactly <laughs> we right? literally do that's this. my point we literally <laughs> do that because uh scott makes the uh the the uh for so our sister site tom's guy not to be confused with tom's hardware uh anyway uh has uses a battery test that i originally came up with and now scott completely re- redeveloped and uh and for android he can just give them the file and they can just sideload it but for ios it's it's a nightmare we've got to go have to, to we've got to submit it to the store to put it into test flight and that has to be redone every 90 days <laughs> when you submit it to the store like i i do does it just automatically go through or is there like some kind of approval process uh so it does the it does the like auto processing where it checks to make sure there's no um uh specifically malicious code i don't know exactly what it does um that it's not trying to touch things that it's not supposed to or whatever there's there's some little process that it goes through um it usually takes i don't know six to eight minutes and then it's in it's in test flight ready to go and that that six to eight minutes includes the time to upload it so it's 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 pretty quick to do but it is a pain in the butt because the the thing expires every 90 days the build does there's nothing you can do about it you've got to go in and actually rebuild it you can't even resubmit the same ip uh ipa you've got to rebuild the app every time God, I don't know. That's really that's really dumb. So yeah, exactly. Side loading would solve that. But the real reason why the industry wants side loading and companies want side loading is so that they can come up with their own competing mm-hmm. products, their own competing like Epic Game Store or whatever. Absolutely. So if you're gonna bury the ability to do it, then that's kind of anti competitive behavior because people True. aren't going to, to do that. True. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all interesting. Obviously you mentioned Epic games. Epic is the reason why anybody talks about this today, right? When Apple pulled yeah. uh, Fortnite out of the app store because they allowed, um, uh, external payments for V bucks that opened a floodgate of companies and individual publishers and users all saying, have your rules. We don't care. Let us do something else. Let us at least be able to install purposefully outside of your ecosystem. Let your ecosystem stay whatever it is, but let us do our own thing. Um, so that's legitimately the epic is the reason why anybody is talking about this. I mean, you and I have talked about it before yeah. that, but yes, but the but reason they got why their way out there normal people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I don't know that I was expecting an agency, uh, in this administration to come back with such a hard and fast recommendation. I thought they might softball a little bit. They might be on 
the side of we should we should allow uh, software install, but I I was expecting the I was expecting it to be a little softer of a thing. It's not. It is black and white. Um, we need to look into uh, forcing Apple to allow side loading of apps. <sighs> so that was that was a surprise to me, um, and in in my book, a positive surprise as somebody who has one sitting here, right, as a developer and somebody who publishes stuff to Apple devices, it's a massive pain. Try, trying to get things on, on an Android phone for us, generally pretty easy, but trying to get it on an iPhone or iPad, whew, it is a challenge, and it would be nice if it was if it was easier. And we're looking just from a, from a, like a legitimate business-to-business business, uh, use case here, not even... Not even a, a, a B2C competitive type one. thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not trying to be competitive. We're just trying to ease our own workflow so that poor Matthew yeah. doesn't have to sign into whatever account on the device and download yeah. for, and then bug me. Hey, um, we got new iPhones coming. Can we get a new build <laughs> in Tesla? Oh, such a pain. And uh, you know, none of that is the case with Android. And it would be nice if they were a little bit more consistent. Um no idea what's going to happen with this. It is a non-binding recommendation that is kind of sent into the ether, but hopefully uh, people like us talking about it might actually uh, get something done, fingers crossed. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram. The thing that I complain about about most in corporate IT right now is zero trust. But there's another thing that's a little different than zero trust that drives people crazy too. And uh, you've got some solutions. Right. Well, isn't this zero trust? I mean, isn't uh, it? A bit, yeah. Um, I, I suppose so. The The assumption that that the the employee is always dead unless they tell you otherwise <laughs> Which has right. been my well, experience. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, right? I mean, if I just really strongly... So, first of all, we're going to talk about mouse jigglers. But before we do, I'm going to tell you what a mouse jiggler is, why I think it's okay that we talk about it, and what uh, why people are using them. So, uh, uh, obviously... People have been remote working since way before the pandemic. And even within the office, you know, you're not always right next to all of your colleagues. And a lot of people have uh, chat that they're on, like Slack or Microsoft Teams, and, and or they have a corporate laptop that uh, goes to sleep after like five minutes and they can't change the sleep time out. And they if they get up to go for an extended bathroom break or to get, you know, a snack, 
they don't want to look like they're slacking. So they are looking for things that will keep the computer awake. Uh, they will keep your, and that is literally a mouse jiggler. Now, what I, uh, now there are obviously a lot of talk about people being lazy, like, oh, I'm just going to jiggle, have, have something jiggle my mouse and go uh, not work. Well, here's the thing. First of all, if somebody really wants to spy, if a company really wants to spy on you, a mouse jiggler will not fool it. There is really detailed PC monitoring software that's out there that you can pay, that a company can pay for, that you can't detect, and it will uh, take screenshots of your screen, log your keystrokes, log what apps you use, all that stuff. So simply moving a mouse back and forth is not going to fool it in the slightest. Um, but so this it so the question is what kind of manager is looking at someone's away status in slack or teams and being like ah oh, that person is is such a hard worker their their icons always green or that person is such a such a slacker i saw that you know their icon turned red for a while or you know like or um so Anyone who is judging their employees by that is a fool and a poor manager. And, you know, you should be able to work. You should work around them uh, because I have not only do I have some tech experience, but I have been managing employees uh, for uh, more than two decades. I have had direct reports of various kinds. So what I have learned, having people who work remotely, having people who sit next to me, having people who sit behind me, uh, is you, the way to judge someone's product, judge someone as an employee is by what they contribute. If someone can have their butt in the seat for eight hours a day and do a lame job, yeah, you want to see, is the person getting the work done? Now, obviously, if you are in a situation where you're communicating with people a lot throughout the day and someone just disappears without saying where they went to uh, and they disappear for a long time, that's, that's bad and you got to take it up with them. But that's not something you find out by someone having a red icon or green icon. It's like, hey, are you around? Oh, wait a second. This person's not being responsive to me. So, uh, so no one should be slacking off at their job. People should be working hard, uh, but at the same time, like you don't want your some arbitrary timeout deciding when the computer is saying that you're not active. Uh, that that is ri ridiculous. So there's a few. Also, by the way, you might want a mouse jiggler because you're doing a benchmark, right? Now, technically speaking, you should be able to set Windows not to go to sleep if it's Windows. But I have had situations where the screen went off or something went to sleep, even though I thought I had done everything to prevent sleep, right? To prevent my system from going to sleep. So if you could simulate mouse activity, I mean, that's what the jiggler is, right? It's simulating mouse activity or actually causing mouse activity. Uh, if you simulate mouse activity, the computer's 100% going to stay awake. Um, so... Let's look at a few ways that you can simulate 
uh, or actually trigger mouse activity without being there. Um, the simplest way is there is an app called, I'm going to share my screen now. Uh, there is an app called, come on, let me move the icon now. Figure. Okay, there's an app called Mouse Jiggler. So let's share let's share a screen. So Mouse Jiggler, uh, where's my? It has such a tiny little. Can you even see it? There you go. It's a tiny little thing. Uh, little menu. You launch this. You click the jiggling box. You open the settings, and then you get a choice of how often you want it to run. And then I wouldn't do the Zen Jiggle. That doesn't really do anything it's important. So let's say every two seconds. Now watch my pointer. I'm not going to touch it for two seconds. See that? Did you see that? It moved ever so slightly. Yep. There you go. Right? Uh, you can So you just set the amount of time that you want it to go. You can minimize this. Um, you can sort of minimize it so that it's like I closed it, but it's no, okay. I didn't minimize it. I actually closed it, but you can minimize it and, uh, it will jiggle your mouse, but that is a program you need to be able to, to run. It actually doesn't install. It just runs. So a computer that's locked down, uh, or one where the IT department has a clue of what you're running on there would definitely show that, um, Here's another possibility, running an Excel macro. So let's say you had Excel on your computer and, um, and, you, uh, and you wanted to, and you were able to allow macros, which may be locked down. Yeah, sorry, I need to make it zoom in more. Anyway, so here's yeah, one gotcha. I've downloaded. Here's one I've downloaded. Uh, that is pretty cool. And it lets you set the amount of time you want to move. Then when you hit start, you're going to see it's going to count to five seconds and then shake every five. I just set five seconds. You could change that. Um, what's nice about this one is if you're actually moving, it won't shake it. Uh, so it, it like resets the timer. So um, where's the other one? Just We'll just do it. So um anyway so that's and then when you're done you can just close it so that's those are the software ways to handle it now let's talk about the hardware ways to handle it so uh you can buy a usb a little usb dongle on amazon for eight dollars and you can plug it into your uh into your laptop or desktop and it will, and you hit press a button on it, and it will automatically uh, move the mouse for you every few seconds. And it will appear as a uh, Windows HID human interface device as a mouse in device manager. So no one will probably be the wiser. Uh, similarly, you can actually, if you're worried about that, they sell shaking platforms for 25 to $30. And what you can do with those is you get the platform and you buy it and you can, you, it just caught, you put your mouse on top of it and it just every so often literally vibrates your mouse. Um, so that is r really undetectable. Um, you can also make your own like 
uh, mouse jiggler that uh, several ways I've seen people tie a string to a fan and tie it to their to an oscillating fan and tie it to their mouse. Uh, there okay, is a pretty mobile funny. app. There is a mobile app called Mouse Jiggler that uh, will use the hap is this, uh, that will use a combination of like some lines on the screen, which your sensor would have to pick up, and I found not all sensors do pick it up, and haptics to kind of shake your mouse periodically if if you want to use your phone for this. Granted, if you're walking away to go to the bathroom, you might take your phone with you. Um, uh, but if you had a tablet lying around, you could you could attempt that. Um, you can use a Raspberry Pi Pico, which costs $4, and CircuitPython, we have a how-to on how to do this, to uh, create a USB mouse jiggler that uh, works like one of the store-bought ones. And uh, those are the... Oh, and there are mice that have jiggle mode built in. You can buy a $15 mouse. Uh, there are not many, so you know, you're not going to get a Logitech with that feature. You're not going to get a Razer mouse or a, you know, you're not going to get a top of the line mouse. There's weird companies. One's called Pius. If you really want to be Pius, you buy the Pius mouse for like twelve to twenty dollars. It's like a little two wireless mouse and it has a button on it for jiggle mode. And you can put the, that mouse on it, and then the mouse will. I mean, it doesn't physically jiggle; it will just send the signal for jiggle. So <laughs> that's your mouse jiggle. Those are your mouse jiggling methods. Uh, I, uh, like I said, no one should, no one should goof off at their job. This, if someone is, a, if if a company is really paranoid, they're going to spy on you in a much more effective way. Uh, but I'm of the school of management that you should hire good people, you should treat them as adults, and you should judge them by their contributions. Uh, I think it's very lazy and poor management to just look at how whether someone's butt was in the seat. Look at what they did. Yeah, I've I've never been a fan of the uh, managed by spreadsheet uh, school uh, of any sort. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that. And then, like you said, there are so many other reasons <laughs> why you might need. Something like this that's not, I mean, just, God forbid somebody calls on the phone from the company and you're not there to keep your mouse alive, you know, anyway. But also, what if, like for me, right, I've got, because I do uh, Xamarin and Maui development, I've got a PC and I've got a Mac. You know what I'm not always doing? Poking at the Mac. <laughs> but I do need to make sure it stays alive. Because when I'm ready to use it, I need to be able to use it. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, so funny when I put the story up, I got some comments from people who really, who heavily rely on this. So one of them was mm -hmm. uh, someone who works for, or another magazine in our company, works for a magazine in our company, which I'm not actually, I'm not sure if he still does, but he at least did for a while. And he said he used this all the time at home because anytime he'd walk away to like use the bathroom or whatever, and he'd come back, the computer was locked after five minutes. And since it was a corporate computer, he couldn't change the timeout from five minutes yep. and it would make him do like, and he was really annoyed at having to re-log in and it had like a two FA login. So oh. it was a really big pain in the butt. Um, 
someone, a friend of mine, the best one though, I have to actually pull up what he said. A friend of mine who, you know, who works for Hewlett Packard or for HP okay. said, said something uh, about how he uses it. So what he said is he used them for years on Chromebook demo units because there wasn't a setting to keep them from going to sleep. Oh, wow. This is, I don't know if there is now a setting to keep them from going to sleep, but that is an issue. That is definitely an issue with, uh, with Chrome is it's not so easy. At least last I checked, it wasn't so easy to keep Chrome OS from going to sleep. You had to like try and get something that would do a wake lock and it was difficult. So like, yeah, it's really easy to, it's a really big, big pain. And like, that's a big issue too with our battery tests that we do is we attempt to, we, we try to set it so that windows will not go to sleep and windows is decent mm -hmm. about this, but every now and again, there's something in there that we didn't see that still causes it to wake up. Yeah. But of course the battery testing, I, it's a little bit of a question whether we, whether we would want to do that. I mean, the software one seems like it would be okay. But like if you're physically moving a mouse, does that mean you have to maintain like a 2.4 gigahertz connection? And is that that you wouldn't normally do for laptop battery tests? And would that mm -hmm. then cause it to use more electricity than it would otherwise use? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. Like I don't know if that it's a material amount of, of power, but um, something something to look into. 150 or so uh, milliamp hours. So not, I mean, I mean uh, it's not, it's not a, a material amount, like it's not a significant amount of power, but it's not an immaterial amount either. What about a US, what about using a USB mouse don dongle that's just attached to the USB port? I wonder how much, because you, then you have to have something powered by the USB bus, but yeah. it's not, you know, we're talking about a little tiny dongle with the light on it. I'm not sure how much, like we could try to figure that one out, but like, and I, maybe I will. But I think, um, if I remember correctly, uh, USB, uh, and this might be two one. It might have changed since then. But I think, I think the minimum, the minimum draw on a USB device was 150 milliamps. Right. So if you're doing that for like, let's say you had an ultrabook or like a lightweight laptop that is supposed to last like 10 hours on a charge, with you know how many minutes? That's I mean, that's, would that, would that's that a whole, cost you? that's a whole amp out of the, uh, out of the battery. If you're, to, if it's supposed to last 10 hours. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. It's not it's, significant, uh, but it's material. Yeah. So there, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a question. Now the, the mouse jiggler app might be. A good solution it, but who knows since it's software it might be it too might be subject to sleeping through whereas hardware is hard hard to beat yeah and maybe it's interesting i have not tried this but i know i've seen people come up with weird things that will like whack your keyboard key whack a key on your keyboard <laughs> uh periodically like like one of those birds yes exactly Exactly. I think I've seen people have exactly that. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about it until you said something. That's. But uh, people are I clever. I've not heard of a key. I've not heard of a keyboard jiggler. 
Um, although Just, it would be equally effective, right? Um, yeah, like a control key macro. Yeah, it just keeps. But but if it's software, like it would have to be on the keyboard software. It had to be hardware to really be just. Yeah, well, what it, it could be firmware on the keyboard, like if, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, sure, sure, with sure. Like, with like Via or QMK or something like that, um, you know, program the keyboard. But anyway, that's just not. <laughs> I. I always love these weird topics, Avram. Honestly, they're yeah. my favorite because it gets me thinking about all kinds of of oddities. Like, could I use one of these stream decks over here? Is there a way to, since it's hardware, is there a way to have it press a key on a regular? I bet there is. So now, but now by the way, <laughs> I'm going to share a little secret with the audience about, like, so, look, we are obviously we take i take like writing important good content very seriously and looking for things that our audience can use and this is obviously not as hardcore high tech as some of the topics we cover although there is quite a bit to it um and people really do need this need this information but i was curious you know when i saw start to see some some information about mouse jigglers and hear about from folks about that i know about their need to, to use this like, is this something people search for a lot? So we have a tool we can go to and look at sort of like some search data from the web. From the web. Mm -hmm. Guess how many people search for Mouse Jiggler every month? Oh, probably a lot. One and a half? One and a half what? Million. Oh, okay, it's not that good. Okay. 110,000. Okay, 110,000 a month. But that's a lot. I just, I just decided I was going to go big. You're going to go big. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, like, it's, I think it's like, if you look at some of the other things that we, that we talk about, like, they don't come even close to 110,000 yeah. a month. So, yeah. um, so that's actually, you know, a lot of people are looking, are looking for this information. Well, that's, <laughs> it, it's not terribly surprising because I know even somebody within our own group here, um, does it, uh, I'll just say that it's not me. Um, but somebody within our, our group over here does it, um, because of all the weird things that big companies do. Cause they don't understand how to manage people. Um, I know for a fact, cause I've seen it. I know for a fact this, this one's already out there, right? Yes. On. Go to tomshardware.com and you will find my magnum opus, the <laughs> mouse jiggler guide. Oh, uh, well. I worked <laughs> a lot of hours on this testing different jiggle methods. I, I don't doubt that because you take everything seriously, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to a fault, but <laughs> you, you do yeah. take everything seriously, which is why. Well, which is why I always enjoy whatever you put out because it's i know that it's going to be it's going to be complete <laughs> no doubt <laughs> well avram i appreciate this one uh it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to read as well um and as always i look forward to what we talk about next time
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. If you've been a loyal listener or viewer for a long time, you might remember that there was a game that EA had out under their Playfish studio called SimCity Social. They unceremoniously uh, shut that <laughs> shut that game down, and um, we talked about it on the show for a long time. Here we are, many years later, and I'm still referencing it. Why? Because uh, online games have the ability to vanish in the blink of an eye. Sometimes it's because nobody's using it. We'll talk about one of those. Sometimes it's because the studio gets bored. Um, we didn't exactly talk about that, um, but... There was one of those this week, not a shutdown, but a uh, an end of maintenance. Um, and then sometimes it's just because, because, uh, studio shuffles or whatever. Uh, this, this week was a weird one because a lot of games, many of them new, um, were announced to be shutting down. Um, speaking of EA... <laughs> EA's got two mobile titles going away. Um, uh, Apex Legends Mobile and Battlefield Mobile. Um, it is just the mobile versions, uh, not not the desktop, not the console. The, the full versions of these games will remain, just the mobile ones are going away. Um, it's because of a realignment at EA. We've heard that before. Um, the games will disappear May 1st, 2023, when the servers are shut down, but both of them have been delisted as of right now, so you can't even uh, install them if you wanted to. Um, one game that's going away because nobody played it, and I know, hyperbole, I am known for it, not this time, Um uh, Konami's online murder mystery game, Crime Site. If you've never heard of it, not surprised. Uh, on launch day, 571 people played the game. This is a Konami game. A reminder, this is a Konami game. They created the rhythm game category. They've had a lot of big successes. Less than 600 players on the largest day of the game. Today... As of about 2.30 this afternoon, the peak over the last 24 hours was nine globally. Nine people playing. So, uh... Could some not, of them have been admins? It could be. Yeah, it could be staff. It could be people who are in there just to put anything into the stats. Um, it's not good. And, uh... This one is being delisted on February 27th and will also be gone for good on May 1st. Um, the end of February, end of sale, 
uh, sometime in May, end of game, is going to be a, a trend that you're going to see here. Uh, Knockout City, which came out last year. Say goodbye to that. Um, season 9, which starts on February 28th, uh, will be its final. There will be extra XP, extra rewards, extra in-game currency um, awarded. The uh, store will be shut down when Season 9 starts. You will not be able to make any uh, real-world game purchases, uh, but you will be able to use the in-game currency to make purchases. Um, May 23rd will be the day uh, that Season 9 ends, and so will the game. Um, this one is a little more surprising, um, because it is a popular game. We have people at Strike that come in and play Knockout City. It's installed on all of our PCs. In fact, this will be the first game, uh, that we uninstall, <laughs> uh, at Strike because the game goes away. Um, so we have people come in and play it. It was on our, I think our top five list, uh, of games played in 2022. Uh, but it's a very small studio. I feel a little bit like, this is almost a Flappy Birds type situation where they've just overextended themselves and they don't have the ability to continue. I don't know that for sure, but it's kind of what they suggested in their uh, in their announcement. Uh, another game that's in a slightly different situation, but is a feels a little bit of a similar game is Rumbleverse. Uh, it's a forty player King of the Hill type. Uh, Battle Royale brawler, brawler game from uh, Iron Galaxy. Um, that game is getting very little heads up um, on its on its sunsetting. The end of the month, February 28th, last day of the game, goodbye. Um, obviously, all purchases have been shut down. Uh, they have uh, opened the full online experience to everybody they want Uh at least people to enjoy it before it goes away. And then for games that aren't going away, but are seeing uh, end of support, uh, Back for Blood, which seems like it's been out like an hour and a half. Uh, they're, they're done supporting it. No new content. Um, they got bored. Uh, and in their announcement, that's basically what they said. We're ready to move on to our next game. So we're, we're bored with this one. So, uh, enjoy it we're gonna go over here now bye it's <laughs> nah that one was a little less um we're we're so sorry to be doing this to the community it's not what we wanted and they were like nah we're bored we're gonna go over here now bye bye <laughs> so i guess at least they were being honest um it's it's a lot of games and if you if you think about it let's see um, Knockout City came out, uh, late last year, I think. Um, Crime Sight came out in April of last year, I think. Rumbleverse came out in August of last year. Like, three of these titles will have been out, like, 14 months or less. When they shut down. I mean, look. Now, I, I think this raises an interesting question, which is, you know, uh, as you mentioned in the article, like Atari 2600, like games used to never go away. Mm -hmm. Now, like 
there's going to be no way. Is there going to be any way to play Crime Site, or you, it has to connect to the server to work? So, Crime, crime Site is dead. Uh, Rumbleverse, from what we understand, is probably dead. Um, the thing that I like is that uh, I think it's v- Veland Studios, Velen Studios, uh, the developer of Knockout City. Um, they are releasing the server. So you'll be able to create private servers to be able to continue playing the game. So the game as a whole is not going away, uh, just the online matchmaking and all that stuff. You'll have to have your own server. You'll have to configure it. Somebody's going to have to do it. But if it's anything like some of the other games that have done this, somebody's going to run server farms um, and allow people to continue playing. That. That's that's my feeling because Knockout City has been popular enough that I feel like somebody's going to set up some stuff. You know, they're going to go into Azure, they're going to set up some servers, rent them out, um, so people can continue playing. That's my feeling. But yeah, no, yeah. Crime Site, Crime Site will be dead, uh, and from what we understand, Rumbleverse is going to be dead. It'll depend on, yeah, you know, they might they might release the server, but I don't think so. There hasn't been any talk of it yet. I mean, think about if you're on Crime Site now, though. It's got to kind of be like, you ever go to the movies and you realize you're the only one in the movie theater? Yes. And you're like, I kind of feel guilty because all these all these people, the projectionists, whatever, they're work. They're just working because I'm here. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't here, they might uh, they might be able to do something else. I don't know. So, uh, if you're on Crime Site, they're just working for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, let's see. I'm just for curiosity's sake. Um, there are four players right now, and we don't know if they're admin. Now, this is a game where you play with other people. Yeah, yeah. So they could all be just one group of people playing together. True. True. Yeah. That's not <laughs> even enough people to have clue. Um, right. And. And if this is an online murder mystery game, it definitely feels yeah. like it's probably digital clue, give or take, right? So four yeah. four people wouldn't be terribly fun if even if they were all in the same game. <laughs> it's interesting. So I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the charts, uh, and it's comparing players to Twitch streamers. Or uh, Twitch viewers, for some reason, on September 29th, there is a big spike where way more people, statistically, were watching on Twitch than were playing. It's like... uh, Maybe a streamer. Yeah, so October 13th, it's 13 players and 10 viewers. Uh, October 27th, 44 players and 14 viewers. But on September 29th, 13 players, 906 viewers. Something went really weird that day, and it's the only day like that. <laughs> Even the week that the game was free, the chart barely does anything. It's it's really pretty depressing, to be honest. Uh, anyway, so... Lots of stuff happening, and the time frames on these games are getting shorter, which is, I think, the thing that I'm most concerned about, right? We've seen, and I, good friend worked on one, 
we've seen games, um, you know, go through years of development and then be out for 12 months. Oh, poor Wildstar. Um, in the past, but I don't know that I've ever seen this many short-term games get nixed all at once. Like, this is a bit of a bloodbath for theoretically AAA titles. Um, it doesn't look great. But it also might indicate, because, I mean, we're looking at, you know, a Battle Royale, a free-to-play online dodgeball game. It's possible that what we're looking at here is um, a failure of the freemium model. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't like freemium. Freemium is bad. Freemium leads to people being fooled into into in-app purchases and things like that. Sorry, sore. I I I think. Um, oh, you almost made me spit out end, my drink. Thanks for that. <laughs> in the end, like it when look when we, I I just I like the model where look. Yeah, maybe you have to spend sixty dollars on a game or twenty dollars on a mm -hmm. game or whatever, but you have the game, you play the game. Like you don't keep getting hit up by hit up by like panhandlers like every minute. Like, oh, would you like some more more balloons to pop? Would you like some more right. ammo? Would you like this? Would you like like panhandlers? Just, that's, a, that's a great way of looking at it. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very like it's a really annoying like. Uh, you know when people are when people or apps are just popping in your face like aggressively trying to get your money and yeah. like that's it's like, the, uh, it's like the guys selling flowers and stickers in the airport it's <laughs> more like squeegee it's almost more like a squeegee person I think that's a like, that's a pretty New York answer <laughs> the worst that I thing like that that I ever had happen ever ever and like i know i handled this the wrong way i know <laughs> but i just don't know what the right way is like to handle that is i had was in san francisco which has a lot of panhandlers mm. by the way everybody probably knows that um and i had gone to dinner with a friend and we stepped out of the restaurant and we're walking and so like and some guy came and he like squirted something on my shoes like without he just squirted something on my shoes i was like what and then he proceeded to, to sit to kneel down and wipe my shoes off without me like consenting to this right or and even then, interacting and, and then he looks at me and he's like okay shoe shine twenty dollars a shoe and i was like <laughs> and he was kind of an intimate you know a, a large man and I did not want to like, you know, get in an argument with a stranger, especially in front of my friend or whatever, and, and like cause a scene. So I was like, okay, I gave him money. <laughs> you know, okay. like I don't, but I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're supposed to like, what you like, what you really should do is be like, hell no, you dropped crap on my shoe. Yeah. I didn't even ask you to wipe it off, you know, but. You know, I I mean, that's what a free-to-play game is like. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, I'm I'm generally not 
a, a huge fan of free-to-play games, although the pl- game that I play the most right now is Fall Guys, so I guess I can't say that entirely. Um, but that's because it looks good on the, the front TVs at the yeah. shop. Um, but yeah, I, I've never been a big fan. I Generally, I'm not a big fan of online games as a whole. I much prefer to, you know, play by myself, play my game, move on with my day, or at least, you know, have a, maybe an experience where you're in control of the, the multiplayer thing, right? Like, Left for Dead, we'd have a couple of friends uh, play remotely, but we'd create our own game and whatever, but if we wanted to then just play locally, we could, you know, the GoldenEye model, right? Uh that that that's what I much prefer. Um, I famously I threw something towards my television and abandoned a game, uh, Dead Island, when a random person showed up in my pri- what I thought was a private game and stole my Jeep. That was the end of the game for me. I had been so excited about that game that happened. I just put the game away. That was it. <laughs> I didn't even know that other random people would be in my game, let alone able to steal my stuff. Uh, I don't like people that much. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, definitely a bit of a, a, a dark week for, for online gaming, um, but I do suspect that it's got something to do with the freemium model. We're gonna, I, I bet we're going to see less of it over over the next couple of years based on how some of these games are starting to go. Maybe, maybe not. But for me, hopefully? Yeah. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. So this is an interesting follow-up to last week's Pilch Point. Uh, we talked about how uh, generative AI is here, for better or worse, oftentimes for worse based on uh, the experiences that we've had with it uh, thus far. And we said that it was definitely coming to search. Well, turns out faster than we thought. Um, this week, two interesting things happened. One, a report came out that said uh, Microsoft, who has a major investment in OpenAI, the company that produced ChatGPT, uh, which was what Avram demoed last week, um, was weeks away from releasing an AI chatbot, whatever, 
back-ended version of Bing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, on the Pilch Point last week, um, but we didn't have a time frame of weeks away. And then they accidentally released it um, a little bit to some people who saw an extra tab show up on their Bing homepage. Um, it just so happens that one of those individuals was able to capture some screenshots and a couple of videos of the thing in action uh, to show off how it worked. And it works almost exactly the way we predicted that it would. Uh, rather than giving a list of answers, it tries to give an answer. Whether right or not, and it had a warning on it that said, we don't know. Uh, which isn't great, but at least it does have the warning that says, you know, this is this is AI-based, it might be nonsense. So, you know, grain of salt. Uh, but, you know, it does try to give an answer, and then it gives uh, follow-up links under the answer to uh, the sources that it used to uh, generate the answer. So, it's like the answer box, but seemingly on the surface uh, with less reason to click through because it, it, it writes an answer in a tone similar to the way you asked the question, but it's still GPT-based, and so the answers could still be incorrect, missing context, or harmful as, you know, our demo last week uh, showed so many problems but the biggest problem is if this is by the way what you didn't mention is that google is about to demonstrate the same thing its own technology which is yes the reason why this is interesting is it's just the next version of what you demonstrated with with a live failure on the show right. last this week Yes. This is just version yes, four, that, and what you showed was version three. Yes. I mean, that that is true, but I expect that the Google one would work in a similar way. Like, yeah, most certainly. I mean, the fact that it may be better, it may be the same, um, people will immediately start, as soon as it's out there, people will immediately start, to, including me, will probably immediately start to try to poke a hole in it and mm -hmm. find, you know, see how accurate it is but the thing is i think the biggest problem which is what you mentioned in the article is if this is the new future of search then the future of publishing is in big trouble mm -hmm. uh because we've uh you know for uh like 25 years now uh people have counted on uh search engine optimization or being in the search search results mm -hmm to get them uh, to get uh, traffic to their websites. It, and this not only includes publishers, but it also includes uh, vendors, you know, people selling things. Uh, now, to be fair, if you're selling something, then you probably are not in a lot of danger from a chat bot because I guess the chat bot would just tell people to like hey where do i buy this oh here's some stores yeah. unless you know because uh, well i wouldn't say google's not a seller but they're not real like they're they're not the they're not trying to just sell stuff themselves right but they're not 
They're uh, not a storefront, except for their own things for the most part, or Google-powered things. Um, right. But, so they're... But they, have, they do have a dedicated search for products, which would probably make that uh, search result uh, accurate. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Yes. So, so there's, so, but people who are in the business of providing information, mm -hmm. uh, such as you and I are, yeah. are, are in, potentially in trouble if that happens. Now, I still think that the quality of the result is not going to be as good, but the problem is sometimes not good quality stuff is good enough to get away with. Right. And Google forget Bing for a second. Google has a near monopoly on, on search. Mm -hmm. So they are the top two search engines, not just the top one. They're the top two because the first one is Google and YouTube is the second. So this is, this is quite <laughs> dangerous because, because we are too reliant. We are all too reliant on them. But the problem is like, this is also because of, user habits right like users mm -hmm. readers go to google they don't go a lot of times they don't go to a website they're like oh yeah let me just go let me just go to cnet and see what's happening today right they're like no let me let me search for this particular chunk of information that i want and whoever comes up that's who i'll go to yeah uh, and you know, it may make a difference if they see that, okay, like this site in search results a little more reputable to me than that one. But being number one, being number two, whatever, like that really matters. Now, it, so it, we already have been through this to an extent with the Google answer box, mm -hmm. but that was for really short, you know, really concise answers. And publishers just kind of stood there and, and took it. Like oh, okay, yeah. we you know we can't do and then started optimizing for it, started putting right. their, well started trying to put their content in there. They didn't just take because it. Because you're number they one, then, right? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna? At least there's a link, right? So right. So you could be if you're in there, your link will be the highest. Although they'll already have gotten the information, but maybe if the information is a little bit more detailed, they'll be you know there'll be some more data there but yeah people may very well be like okay that's fine if google gives me an answer it must be okay and i'm just going to go with google's answer well that's you know that's of great concern so um yeah hopefully this somehow works alongside and not by alongside i don't just mean like Oh, here's our answer. And then if you really want it somewhere later down the page, there are actual search results. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of um, lawsuits going on right now over the AI training. Like, I believe Getty Images is having a huge one yeah. uh, where they, they claim that something like millions of their images were used to train a model. Now, this is a very interesting philosophical and legal debate because you could answer, ask whether a robot or a bot has the same rights as a person to learn things. Like if I learn by, if I learn by reading 
if I could sit there and I had enough time to read 10 million articles and I had a photographic memory, I guess I too could do that. And no one's going to stop me from learning from online sources and then applying that learning elsewhere. But, um, but the bot, you know, we want to say, Hey, this isn't fair. Now as a human, I kind of am on the side of the humans here, but, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a serious problem. And people obviously always blame the publishers like, well, what their bottle is broken. What, what, what would you like people to do? Because the other choices are a paywall, which some sites do, some places do, but are very unpopular and it's very hard to get people to subscribe because there's so many free sources of information. So if you're the one who's asking for, for asking people for money to subscribe, well then you better, you better make sure that you can get people to really pay for that. And, um, it's, there's not a lot of sources. I mean, people have subscription fatigue, so for sure, uh, you know, and they're already having to pay for all of their streaming services. So, you know, what's the, you know, what's, what's the outcome here? It's, I, I mean, is someone going to bring Alta Vista back to life or like, or bring the Lycos dog back from the dead or something <laughs> to like, to, to, to have, cause we used to have, a, you know, a lot of competition in the search yeah, space. There was. So if Google was doing something that uh, people didn't like, well, they could have gone somewhere else. But now, I mean, there are choices, but you know, as far as a business is concerned, you're not, no one is optimizing for um, DuckDuckGo, right? right. Um, I mean, even optimizing for Bing, I don't really see anybody doing. And that's, you know, the second, well, as you said, not the second biggest, but the second biggest general search engine. I yeah, guess. yeah. So, so I took your comment and said, all right, well, let me, let me explore on that concept, particularly around Getty Images, right? I can learn by looking. So I typed in a name of, so, of a celebrity whose name I've heard, but I have no idea what they look like. Harry Styles. No idea what he looked like. Until yeah, you few, know what? I'm not really sure what he looks like either. Right? How old I am. So what I did was I went to Getty Images... And I searched for Harry Styles. And here I am looking, just browsing the website, browsing the search results on their site, using their images to learn what this dude looks like. And I now have a pretty good confusing idea of what the guy looks like. He wears a lot of weird sheer shirts. Looked like they're out of a particular Seinfeld episode. Um, but <laughs> that notwithstanding, um, I just used their site and their image collection to learn what the guy looks like. Right? So yep. it, is, so, uh, it is an interesting question. Do you about... have more rights than a computer? But on the other hand, let's face it, most people cannot just look at a few Getty images and then immediately spit out like a ton of of pretty realistic looking images of Harry sure, Styles. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of um, 
celebrity adult material <laughs> created with some of these things. Um, in fact, there was a Twitch streamer who weird things happened this week. He was looking at AI generated imagery of some other Twitch streamers that are friends of his. And, uh, there was a tearful apology. It was a very, the whole thing was very strange. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't, I could not shut the laptop and then go draw him. I'd be able to describe him in particular, this weird pirate shirt he's wearing. Um, but I couldn't go draw him, which does, you know, create a different context than, than the AI. Um, yes. Training. I mean, there might be some, there might be somebody who's a really, really good artist and really, you know, uh, but that, that's probably very few people. I, I have a friend. She was on the show a couple of times. Um, had a friend. I don't know. I haven't talked to her in ages. Um, who could look at a picture. Somebody could come up to her and say, I would like you to crochet this character from this anime. She'd go, well, I've never seen that anime. Give me, show me a photo. They'd show her a photo. Within a couple hours, she's made the thing. Fascinating. And in great and terrifying detail. Um, so yes, somebody out there probably could scroll through these couple of pages of, and by couple of pages, I'm, there are 17,000 images of Harry Styles on Getty Images. Um, but they could scroll through a couple of pages and, and probably create a pretty good image, but few and far between versus how many of these generative AI systems are out there. I mean, I just to see, I went to bing.com slash chat just to see if maybe, you know, and it took me to a search result for Bing AI. And uh, the first thing on there is Bing's uh, image creator. So, you know, it's yep. everybody's got one. So it's it's a little different than there's a couple of people who might be able to see a picture and draw. And then once an AI is trained, it can do all kinds of other interesting things that you and I wouldn't be able to do. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a difference. And this is this is going to be a fascinating legal thing uh, to follow uh, in, in that regard, because, you know, the. The, the monkey is the owner of its selfie. So, you know, there, there's definitely some interesting uh, legal things when it comes to who does and does not own uh, rights and what they can and cannot do with information. So, I don't know. My guess is we're going to be seeing this at least announced, if not released, um, possibly before we uh, come back for another episode. So... Um, chances are there will be another follow-up on this topic very soon. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. 
We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So, Paramount Plus has had an interesting uh, history. When it started, it was called CBS All Access, which um, turned out to be a naming mistake because CBS has a particular image, uh, particularly young among younger people um, outside of the Big Bang Theory at the time. Uh, CBS was pretty well known as content for older people, so when the CBS All Access streaming service started, uh, there was confusion for people outside of the industry. So it didn't do great, and then of course they botched their, uh, their live stream of the Super Bowl, and that didn't help. Um, and then CBS merged with Viacom, and all kinds of things happened. And in that shakeup, they renamed the platform to Paramount+. Plus. They did some uh, UI updates, because All Access was not the easiest UI to use. Um, the Paramount Plus one is way better. There are things from it that I absolutely love. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, as competition in the streaming world has grown, uh, the interest in having multiple streaming platforms under a single brand has uh, waned. We know that Disney has said that they're interested in, once they have full ownership of Hulu, potentially collapsing Hulu and Disney Plus into a single uh, platform. We know that HBO Max and uh, Discovery Plus are in the process of doing that right now. And now we are learning that Paramount Plus and Showtime will be doing the same thing. Uh, and Paramount Plus will be getting a slightly different name, which nobody will use. Uh, it will be Paramount Plus with Showtime. Uh, and nobody will call it anything but Paramount Plus. And like Sprint together with Nextel within a year or two, um, the tag will get dropped and it'll go back to just being Paramount Plus. Um, but the important thing is here that uh, Showtime is being scooped up into the Paramount Plus uh, application, into the brand, and into the subscription. Um, details on the plan are uh, limited because this comes from an internal uh, leaked, or a pair of leaked memos um, about an internal announcement, but uh, it's definitely happening. We don't know if what will happen is it'll be a tiered kind of a thing where you can have Paramount Plus or you can have Paramount Plus with Showtime with ads without, you know, there might be options uh, like that. But it's definitely happening. It's not a terrible surprise considering right now uh, you can sign up and bundle Showtime into your Paramount Plus subscription and access them all through the same application. So the idea of just, you know, axing the other uh, application, not a huge surprise, um, but it is official. Um, the, the CEO and the head of the division, I believe, have both confirmed that, yes, this is happening. Uh, and with it goes some content, um, a couple of shows that uh, have a first season, uh, Let the Right One In and American Gigolo have both been canceled. There will be no second season. And a project called Three Women, whose description uh, says that it stars four women, which is 
beyond confusing to me, um, has finished shooting, but will not air. Um, and will they'll likely try to shop that around to somebody else. I don't, I don't know why that ever happens, but whatever. Um, but this is where we are. I, like I said, I suspect Abram that within a pretty short period of time, the with Showtime will get dropped like together with Nextel. And we'll be back to Paramount Plus. But it seems like this poor service just can't catch a break with a name. Uh, I mean, look, I guess they're throwing a bone to Showtime. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess the question is, is the rate, is the price going to go up? So... None of that's been talked about yet. Um, the The actual business side of things was not discussed in these uh, internal memos from, from what I saw of what was available. Um, so we don't know exactly how it's going to work. Like I said, my suspicion is that it's going to be like a tiered thing where you'll have the ability to sign up for Paramount Plus, Paramount Plus without ads, Paramount Plus with Showtime, Paramount Plus with Showtime without ads. Yeah, there. That's my guess on how it's going to work. But there's, there's no telling. Um, the, the CEO said, um, uh, we're committed to being as transparent and thoughtful as possible throughout this process, and we expect to share additional details in the coming weeks. So, don't know. Right. So. We'll know. We'll know the business side of things. Uh, probably in pretty short order. They did not intend for this to be public information. It was supposed to be internal, but there's no such thing anymore. So they should have been prepared, but they weren't. So there'll be a little bit of lead time before we find out exactly how all of this is going to tie together um, and a timeline over which um, it'll happen. But they are saying that they're that these three projects are not the only ones. Um, I know that um, I don't know exactly what's happening with it, but I think uh, Jordan Peele's reboot of the Twilight Zone may have been pulled from the service already. Um, there, there's going to be content oddities. Um, as this happens, we and we don't know what all is going to happen, but um, he did say, while we're confident this is the right move for our company, our consumers, and our partners, we know this change brings uncertainty for the teams working on these brands and businesses. So they're aware, and they're warning people there are going to be, this, we're not done, there are going to be other projects that get axed. So. I mean... People generally, I think, subscribe to Paramount Plus for, I mean, it has gotten better, but uh, I think they've generally been subscribing for Star Treks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as long as they're not axing my Star Trek, yeah, they can right. ax anything they want. Um, they, it, it's, I mean, I mean, they have Evil is on there, and I don't think that's actually on CBS. I think that may be a streaming exclusive now, um, but I don't really have watched past the first season. It's just called Evil. Uh, yeah, it's just called Evil. 
Okay. Um, oh, you can watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, I got to say this. The Nickelodeons, <laughs> the Nick, the Nickelodeon stuff that's on here, like, mm-hmm. we actually end up watching quite a bit. Nice. Um, right, because uh, uh, my daughter is obsessed with Blue's Clues, so... And makes me play her the Blues Clues movie over and over and over again. So, could be worse. It's really, really could be worse. But anyway. So, um, so season one was on CBS. Seasons two and three and beyond are Paramount Plus exclusives. Right. Right. And they, exactly. So, that I could see them maybe uh, giving up on that. Um, uh, there is a there is a fourth season uh, ordered and paid for. Yeah, Alrighty. so we'll we'll see what um, happens. Yeah, but um, you know, it's I mean, good for them. I still think it's clearly a second tier streaming service. Um, yeah, if you like Nickelodeon, if you like Star War, Star Trek. And uh, or and or if you want to watch CBS shows, uh, you know, although you could watch, you could get those through a through a service like YouTube TV instead. But mm-hmm. um, true, there. so um, it but, is one of the services uh, that I have. Um, I um, Star Trek and Survivor are basically the reasons why I have it. <laughs> The, the now 85 different Star Trek series and and Survivor are basically the reason why I have it, though. So, I have been watching a lot of Hulu uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so my Hulu, rec- my streaming recommendations of the week are watch... Uh, now, I'm late to this because I'm sure everybody else has seen it first, but <laughs> if you haven't... Uh, watch reservation dogs uh on hulu that's a fantastic hilarious show have you heard of that i've, I've heard that i've i've heard people say that yes on uh, that that is uh you know top top choice okay um i watched through the first the whole season of kindred that's pretty powerful show uh and i watched um and I started watching Extraordinary, which is a new British show on Hulu. Oh. Uh, that's kind of a comedy, but the premise is that everybody, everybody has uh, everybody has superpowers except this one person. She doesn't hasn't gotten her superpower yet, <laughs> but it's just like like the the premise aside, it's it's like just the way that they execute it is really funny. Uh, it's kind of. I won't get into it because there's some somewhat adult uh, situations in the show, Um, but um, anyway, those those are my extraordinary. Yes, yeah, just it's just called extraordinary. Okay. Um, But but uh, anyway, those are my Hulu uh, Hulu recommendations. So anyway, there's. I guess good for Paramount Plus. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we'll, of course, have information on that uh, as soon as they make it uh, public. 
Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate it. If you didn't and would like to in the future, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, chat with us in the studio, give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that's okay, too. Plughitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, Plughits Live Presents, and a whole lot more, and find all of the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. We are off for the next two weeks because of the Florida State Fair, and um, my desire to get at least one or two hours of sleep um, over the 12 days of, <laughs> of that show, because that's going to be oh, an insane uh, event, but we're definitely looking forward to it. We'll be streaming a lot of content uh, from it over on the Strike channel. So if you go to uh, Twitch and find uh, Strike Esports, um, we'll be doing uh, a couple of workshops. I think we've got eight workshops. We've got ten tournaments. Like I said, it's going to be a wild twelve days. So definitely check it out. Um, but I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.